pray as you uh, sing the words to that song or songs, that there's something inside of you that just thinks back of where you have seen God step in and just move. You know, as you think about the story, uh, I have this slide up here that says the story. His story, my story, and our story. So as we gather as a family this morning, there's a story being played out in your life of the story of God's grace. There's a story that's being played out as far as the church is concerned and his grace and his faithfulness. And so this morning, as we think about this story, I've had the uh, a privilege just to spend some time uh, thinking about this morning. And as I reminisce in my mind of the power of my God, there's things that come back. So I go back to some Old Testament thought processes. So hold on to your Bible. We're going to kind of jump around this morning. But as I think about it, I think of Old Testament individuals where God just stepped in and said, hey, I'm going to demonstrate my power right here. And one of those memories is my concept of Daniel. An individual that had been praying faithfully and was told to stop praying. Or if you continue praying, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And, God, and, and that didn't phase him. His time with the Lord was so meaningful to him that he was going to say, you know what, you can throw me in the lion's den. I don't care. I am not stopping my time with the Lord, even if it costs me my life. And so that story of God and his life and his grace in the relationship is really powerful. I mean, I love the concept of, you know, Daniel in the lion's den in Sunday school, but we're adults now. And there was an individual who made a choice, Daniel, not to waver in his faith, even though he's like, you know what? I just, I'll just stop praying. A lot of people won't really know. It's not really a big, uh, you know what? I'll just close the curtain. I'll keep praying, but they just won't see me. So then I don't have to worry about death. Not Daniel. It's reminded of David and the story of God's grace through the life of David. Forgiveness, power, leadership, failure. So I don't know this morning if that's one for you, but I love to think about the nation of Israel and how time and time again God said, do this. And then they kind of got down the road a little bit, and it's like, well, you know, we heard what God said, but we really want to do it this way. I'm pretty sure this never played out in your home, but there was a time in your life that most likely your parents got you something, and they gave you some instruction on how to use it, a bicycle, a big wheel, a uh, a wagon, whatever it was back in the day that you had. And you decided that dad gave advice to do it this way. I'll remember we used to have a wagon. We had a, uh, a wagon and then we had a sled. And dad said, this is for you to go down the hills with. Okay, fine. Well, Indiana's pretty flat, so that wasn't a whole lot of fun. So we decided it would be a lot more fun to hook it up to our snowmobile. And we had this plastic sled and a rope, and whoever rode in the sled had to wear a helmet. I'm not sure what we were thinking. It was really going to protect anything. And so we would decide that we were going to take the snowmobile, which would go relatively fast, 75 miles an hour through an open field. Uh, and we decided, you know, let's just hook the sled to us. This is going to be all kinds of fun. We would give the driver instructions, but you know what's interesting? The driver never followed the instructions. This is how fast you could go. Well, if my brother was on there, we would say 20 miles per hour. Well, it would never be 20 miles per hour. And the rule was when you're on the sled, 
if you were the snowmobile driver, you had to not just gun the snowmobile. And so for some of you, you have no idea what this experience is like, so I'll just paint it for you. We're sitting in the front of the sled. It's very cold. You have your helmet on. You have your gloves on. And then there's that brother there. And for some reason, he always lined that sled up right behind the snowmobile. And so whenever he said go, that snowmobile would shoot a rooster tail of snow right in your face, which then that meant it got down into your gloves and into your boots and then all inside of your helmet that was supposed to help you, but it really didn't. And so you were cold for the rest of the time that you rode on the sled on the snowmobile. And so we would give instructions, but instructions were never followed, kind of like the nation of Israel. Given instructions, but you know what, Dad? We appreciate your word, but we think we can handle this in our own strength. And the nation of Israel went in a different direction. And then I've been reminded of the cross. And I know that's kind of, you know, we kind of think about, well, that's kind of a cool snowmobile story. But how many of Christ's words are a passion of who we are this morning? How much of our time with God's word have we sat down and said, wow, I want to listen to God's voice today. I want him to communicate with me. I want some interaction. What does he want from me today? And I sit down with my Bible and, and read it. One of the privileges that I have recently is to be able to go into the prison on Thursday nights. Uh, God has still left that door open. Uh, we're not sure how long the door will be open, but we're in, we're in the prison on Thursday nights. Uh, Roe McAdams and myself and some other guys go in on Thursday nights. There's other groups that go Tuesday morning. Another group goes uh, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, and then there's another group of us that goes on Thursday nights. And so as God has opened the door through Abide 21 for or Abide for us to get in the prison, well, this, right now we're studying gospel basics. Just going back over the gospel. And I, I want to paint something for you. These guys that are sitting in with us around the word of God know the scriptures. Oh, yeah, they've sinned, and so they're spending some time in prison, but they have a personal relationship with Christ. They're excited about Thursday night, just sitting down and, and let's talking through the Word of God. Last Thursday night, um, first group got held up because of supper, which every time you go on Thursday, something weird goes on. It's just kind of fun to see whatever God's going to do on Thursday night. But this Thursday night, it's always interesting, too, they forget about us. Now, I don't know how this works, but we're in a different building, and the guards forget that there are civilians inside of a building with uh, inmates, and they're supposed to come back and get us uh, around 8 o'clock. Well, so for an hour and a half last Thursday, we sat with inmates talking through the Word of God, talking about just basics around the gospel. And so this morning, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time, but I want us to be reminded this morning of God's grace, God who, who is a good God, a great God, and a glorious God. All this kind of comes out of the Bible basics. But what's interesting is we're going to challenge us as a family to, to continue trusting God. Continue saying, God, we've seen you do something in the past, and we're excited about what you're going to do in the future. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we know who you are. We are praying this morning, and and I was sitting there, I was listening to the guys pray, and I have this picture of my dad in my mind. My dad loved to do a lot of different things. One of the things that he liked to do is play softball. And I can remember as a boy going out and watching softball. 
And I can remember watching my dad play the outfield and run for a long distance and catch a ball. Or get up to bat and get, get a hit and get on first base. And I just kept thinking, there's my dad. Way to go, dad. I'm so proud of you, dad. And then I started thinking about my relationship with God. I said, God, you did it again. God, you stepped in here. God, I watched you do this. God, you opened this door. God, you closed this door. God, you drew something in somebody. God, you did a healing work in my life. And so this morning, we're going to get an opportunity to say, God, let's, let's do it again. God, we're going to watch you work in amazing ways. But one of the things that I want you to see this morning is this little quote. Um, this quote was, is inside of our Gospel Basics, and I thought it was really interesting. And I, I'm, I apologize if you can't read it, but uh, it's on two slides. So most of us have never really understood that Christianity is not about a self-help religion meant to enable moral people become more moral. We don't need a self-help book. We need a Savior. We don't need to get our collective act together. We need death and resurrection and the life-transforming truths of the gospel. Now think about that. How often do we go to the self-help How often do we go 31 days to this? How often if we just do this, this will fix this? Or how often have you said to Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, I gotta have this help of you in my life. I need you to transform this area of my life. We don't need them just once at the beginning of our Christian life And as I was sitting with these inmates, it was kind of like the light bulb was just going off one person at a time, kind of starting with the leader, thinking back, you know what? Well, I asked Jesus for forgiveness of my sin when I was a whirly bird. Do I really need him now? Yeah, we do. We don't need him just once at the beginning of our Christian life. We need them every moment of every day the life-transforming power of the gospel every moment of my day. And so this morning as I remind you that God is a gracious God, we do not need to prove ourselves. There's nothing that you need to do for God to say, yep, now I love you. Now I'm excited about you. Now I want you on my team. Now you're good enough to be part of my family No, never. There's never been a time in history that God was waiting for you to step up and say, yeah, look at me, now I get accepted. And so this morning as you think about a passage of Scripture, take your Bible to Psalm 145, verse 8. Psalm 145, verse 8. Psalm 145, verse 8. So you're flipping there. And a lot of you, it's a book. But this is what God wants to say to you this morning. This has been left for you. 
His words to you this morning. Verse 8, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You never have to prove yourself to God. He's a gracious God. He's a good God. As we sat around with inmates, there's this desire in all of us to say, you know what, if I just had that. There's just something inside of us that we're never content. Enough is not enough. And so, Lord, if you can give me this, if you can make this work out in my life. I'll remind you this morning, if you're still in Psalm, go to Psalm 16. Let's go back in your Bible to Psalm 16. Verse 11. Psalm 16, 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want you to think about that this morning. When it comes time when we're going to want the next thing, or we think we're going to need this, that we just stop and be reminded of Psalm 16, all right, Lord, there's pleasure in your presence. Everything else is fleeting. Everything else is temporary. It's not that it's bad. It's just temporary. And God is the only one that will provide that. Here's one that's really interesting. God is a great God, so you do not have to be in control. God is a great God. He doesn't need your help. He's not waiting around thinking, well, I wonder what Pastor Todd thinks about this. Or I wonder what Pastor Andy or Jordan or Chris and Dana or Adam, I wonder what they're thinking. We we probably need to consult them today. No. He doesn't need our help. We're reminded of Rome, or Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the race that is marked out for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for what? Good. All things are going to work together so that we can have an opportunity to point it back to the cross. All right, there it is. Here's the last one I want to share with you this morning. God is a glorious God. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. If you have your Bible, go with me to Philippians chapter 2. I just want to read something kind of out of our gospel basics. It's really kind of something that's really interesting as you think about our culture. So if you're on your way to Philippians chapter 2, I want you to hear these words. When I don't believe that God is glorious and the one whose opinions are weightier than anyone else, I will end up listening to others and following their advice. I will give in to peer pressure and live life that looks just like everyone else in the culture. Is there something interesting? Is God's voice weightier to you than the culture's voice? I want you to think about that. 
as a husband, as a father, is God's voice more important to me? Does it carry more weight than what my friends are telling me to do? Or what the world says? Oh, this is what a marriage looks like. This is what it looks like to be a father. But God, that's what the world's telling me. I want you to tell me. So I bring back to the scriptures. So men, for instance, when you define love, it needs to be defined biblically. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient, kind, keeps no records of wrong. Ephesians chapter 5. All right, I'm supposed to live my life sacrificially for my spouse. What does that look like? That means we go shopping for no apparent reason. Well, I just wanted to look. Oh, okay. I mean, we stop at fruit stands after we get three hints about that's a nice-looking fruit stand. Oh, really? You want to stop there? Yeah. That means we turn around and go in the wrong way when that store's on the other side of the road. Does anybody else do that? Like, You want to stop, but that's not on the way. But Yeah, but God is tapping me on the shoulder. You need to live sacrificially. And so even though it's on the wrong side of the road and it's out of the way by 30 seconds, it's still worth vowing your life to stop there. This is where Christianity gets really interesting. But if I believe that God is glorious, and I'm pretty sure if I pass the microphone around to every single person, do you believe God is glorious? Oh, yeah, sure, I'm in church today. All right. But if I believe that God is glorious, will I listen to him and... Walk in his ways. That's an aha moment for me. Because sometimes it's easy. Well, yeah, man, that's an awesome verse. I really love that passage. But it's hard to walk in that passage. And so a passage that goes along with this. If God is a glorious God, Philippians chapter 2, and if you pick it up in verse 5, you read these words. Have this mind among you yourselves, which is in you in Christ Jesus, who though being in the form of God did not consider or count it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. And I pray that when you think about that, you go back to Matthew chapter 27 and you remind yourself of what it looked like for him to say, go ahead, I empty myself. I choose death. Spit my face, it's okay. Slap me, it's okay. Bow down in front of me, mock me, it's okay. Because I want these people on 3750 Hammock Road to be reminded that we serve a glorious God. And call ourselves to say, you know what? I serve a glorious God. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to allow him to be in charge of my life. And so this morning, as we gather together as a family, there's some things that the leadership want to tell you. There's some things that God's been doing behind the closed doors. And so my prayer for us is that we're so excited that our gracious, great, glorious God, that we would say, you know what, God, we want to see you do it again. We want to step back and watch our Heavenly Father say, yeah, let's go in that direction because we've seen what you've done in the past because we want to see that person rescue with the gospel and we want to see that person 
disciple with the gospel. 